The Luck Stops Here podcast, NFC East Preview Edition with Sean Sack of the Money Green is brought to you by MyBookie.ag. That's right, MyBookie.ag. Use promo code LSH for a 50% bonus on your deposit up to $100. And with all the free picks we're giving away on this episode, you better, better get this in now. Get that deposit bonus. Win cash on their money. That's what I like to say. Uh, that's the best way to do it. So, and they even take Bitcoin. They pay you out in Bitcoin. Bitcoin's going up right now. It's a good place to be. Season started, and I am pumped. I'm so jacked. I got two best balls going right now that I started this morning. Uh, they're they're longer drafts, and I'm with my man of the sports gambling podcast, Sean Green. How you doing, Sean? Awesome, man. Yeah, no, this is. Uh, I mean, we've been talking football the whole off season, but. Now it's really official. August is really when it's happening. I mean, week zero college football is only a couple weeks away. Three weeks. Three weeks. Three weeks away. <laughs> yeah. We got pre. We actually have preseason football this year, which I didn't realize how much I missed until we didn't have it. Didn't Party realize about- how much I love the Hall of Fame game, dude. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Cashed on that under, and uh, no, it's just awesome to be uh, betting on football again, and I-, I can't believe it's already here. I, I realized that, like. Uh- Cause, dude, I did my first best ball with you guys in like April, and I've yeah. been sl- I've been doing I don't know one or two a week, maybe take a week here or there off, but sometimes do like three or four in a week. But I've been cranking them out now for a few months, so like, <laughs> I, 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 it's fine. It's so it was so refreshing to like actually be able to put a bet, couple bets in on a game last night, and I won all my bets. I had the under, I had the Steelers. I'm not a fucking tool, fucking. <laughs> I may be yeah. a degenerate, but I'm not winning an idiot. Money, winning money, betting against the Cowboys, it, it just doesn't get any better. Well, and that's great that yeah, we're doing no, the NFC East here today because there's a lot of I think there's a lot of money to be made betting against the Cowboys this season. To be honest with you. Oh but. yeah. Oh yeah. No, I, I mean they did that. Uh, they did that interview with Dak, and everyone's just assuming the offense is going to be super amazing, super awesome, and people are like completely you know, just, just missing or not, not talking enough about his uh, shoulder injury. His shoulder injury is pretty serious, or at least it's serious enough to keep him out of camp. And I I think that's going to have an impact on them. And the other thing too, is part of the reason their, their offensive numbers were so crazy last year is because they were getting their ass kicked in all these games. I mean, just, if you watch those games, it wasn't like they were playing so dominant. It was just, when you're down 28 points in the NFL, there's a lot. The defense is going to give you a lot of easy stuff. Yeah. And that's how, that's how they were getting their points. You're rolling 17, uh, 24, 17 or whatever. Nothing at half every week, dude. Yeah. You're going to, yeah. you're going to have a great second half offense. It doesn't mean you're good. Yeah. <laughs> they were, they were two and three with Dak. And that included that crazy game where the Falcons didn't realize you had to fall on an onside kick. Like they should have been one and four and they probably were going to lose that. You know, there was a chance they were going to blow that, that giants game. So uh, again, the idea that just Dak comes back a, that Dak's a hundred percent. Clearly he's not, they have issues with their offensive line and, yeah, Nolan was a really bad defensive coordinator, but you know, and and Micah Parsons, uh, yeah, I, I I think he's a solid pick, but I don't think that solves all their problems on they defense. Got, they got my man Osa Ogadizu, who I, I I I definitely didn't say that right, but out of, <laughs> out of UCLA, he's solid, but I mean, like they got him in like the third third or fourth round or something like that, and like, but like he's a couple years away from making any kind of impact. Like yeah. he's not like. And I mean, I love my UCLA guys, and it, it sucks how many of them end up with the Cowboys. 
No, it is funny. Like it pisses me off so bad. Like I was thinking about that last night watching that game with Aikman, where I'm like, this motherfucker goes to Dallas, wins three Super Bowls. <laughs> Meanwhile, in his two years starting at UCLA, no conference championships, and he doesn't even beat SC. Yeah, super weak, super you, weak. But I mean, you don't need a you don't need to convince me to make fun of <laughs> Troy Aikman. Hey, Troy Aikman and Joe Buck. It's just. Uh, shooting bucks in a barrel there just making fun of those two and then the emotional joe buck getting into the hall of fame and uh yeah it was but really hey Peyton, i like how peyton manning said that uh his forehead wouldn't fit into a broadcast booth dude for, for uh, and, and he was hyping up yeah it's just gonna be me and uh eli hanging out watching the game as if we're having a couple beers you know not not too official hey we did that last year Okay, for the <laughs> we were well ahead of you guys. The Manning brothers stealing our idea. Yeah, Mountain Mayhem was the shit. I, I think oh, you guys should great. have a quick fucking a quick tourney right before in the week before the season starts, just to build up to it, dude. I think yeah, that some good get DJ. back get back on the streams. That could be fun. I'm sure our friends well, over at mybookie.ag <laughs> would offer action on it again, which they did last time, which was cool as hell. Oh yeah, it was that was a. Uh, that was great last year doing that. And then we did the college one and the easiest bet all of last year was Jared cook over catches in the Madden <laughs> mayhem super bowl, dude. I forgot there were player props. <laughs> it really Odd, even point total. They really went crazy on it. That, oh man. Odd, even's wow. great, dude. I never really thought about how great of a bet that is. Cause it's just, <laughs> it's just a coin toss of the total dude. Like exactly. So funny. It's, yeah. so, it's such a degen bet. <laughs> really great. Um, all right. So here, here's the way I want to do this is we'll start at the bottom where I think I've kind of made my, uh, my preseason predictions for this division. I think you're going to like my preseason predictions, but, uh, so I'm going to start at the bottom and we'll okay. work our way up to who I think is the best. And then, uh, so you'll have my division winner pick there and I'll, you'll get the odds on that at the end for people listening. And then, uh, yeah, and then we'll go and get into some props. So I have a, I do have a nice prop that I texted you about last week on this division that we neither of us could believe the odds on that, that were like, Oh my God, that's too good to be true. That's it's the easiest money in the bank. All right. So I have in fourth place coming in this year, the New York football giants. Now, yes. Let's now, go. okay. Um, you, you're not going to need much to twist my arm, much to shit on a New York team. Uh, actually I was kind of high on the jets in the AFC East uh, preview. Oh yeah. I would say they're kind of, they're kind of sneaky. I mean, they, they had Mackay Becton and then they, uh, Vera Tucker, who I know he's a USC guy, but he helps that offensive line. Then Zach Wilson, I don't think Dude, is I'm huge. Zach Wilson's going to be the best QB out of this draft. Mark my words. I, he I, could, I, he could be. I mean, I, I gave out Mac Jones rookie of the year, but that was more just, I, I think the Patriots will get back to the playoffs. I'm, I'm telling you, he, when you look at the throws he completed last year for BYU, where they're playing against pretty good defenses and he's putting it in like tight windows to two of Mitt Romney's nephews. <laughs> like you remember that the Romney, uh, the Romney bros. Yeah. Like if you got, you're throwing to Romney's out there, Trevor Lawrence is out there throwing to all Americans at Clemson and whatnot. Like, dude, uh, give me Zach Wilson with his moxie, his hot mom, the whole package. I'm, I'm big oh, yeah. on it. But, uh, unfortunately the New York, their, their, their roommates, the New York football giants over at MetLife stadium. Uh, um, not so lucky. Okay. Now, I just want to lay out the scenario for the listeners right now. And I'm sorry if you're a Giants fan, but they have a Duke quarterback. Yes. And his offensive coordinator is a ginger. Now, 
and Jason Garrett, <laughs> to say the least. Oh, sorry, Coach Jason Garrett. Forgot. Oh, he really likes to be called Coach Jason Garrett. He corrects the media members. Dude. Yeah, I mean, I, I keep telling Kramer, and obviously I'm going to shit on the Giants regardless, but this year it's so easy to make that case. Their biggest weakness as a team was their offensive line, and they really didn't do anything to fix it. They should have been the ones drafting uh, you know, uh, Vera Tucker out of uh, USC. Instead, they they draft Kadarius Tony, who's – worried about promoting his rap album and then yelling at the fans. Yeah, they get then, another future like, diva receiver who's probably not going to produce that. Not like they, that he's definitely not going to be Beckham. No, they need, uh, you know, Daniel Jones needs time because he has no pocket awareness. Yeah, dude, and like I do like Saquon. You know, he's a great fantasy pickup. But I mean, dude, they're going to be down a lot. Uh, I, I don't trust their defense at all. There's there's so many holes on that team and just like I said, man, like a, how many name a name a great Duke player ever? Like, no, name, it, name one, dude. Like <laughs> Christian Leitner. Really, okay, I'm really I'm really stretching thin, dude. Name a great uh, great a Duke uh, professional athlete. And I do have a theory about quarterbacks where I do prefer the guys from the smaller schools for the most part because when you draft quarterbacks at Ohio State, SE, Clemson, Alabama. They're surrounded by five-star recruits and high school All-Americans at every position on the field with them. So a lot of those guys can mask your weaknesses. Like, look at, like, Matt Leiner, um, John David Booty, Mark Sanchez. A lot of those SC quarterbacks there for a while really got exposed at the next level. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. I mean, uh, our boy uh, Sanchez, he had the longest run because he was with uh, that Rex Ryan defense. But even he got a – eventually figured out he sucked. And Daniel – he had a couple of good games with the uh, Eagles randomly when they were when like before the league figured out that chip offense. Like he he had a game where they really ran it up on the uh, Cowboys on one Thanksgiving. Yeah, because they had uh, him and Foles, and they had like that. They had a whole uh, yeah. Foles had a really good year. Chip, I mean, Chip early on those first couple of years, the offense was cooking. And then that year three, everyone they just kind of figured it out, and uh, it was a disaster. Yeah, he he didn't keep adjusting with it. I think he has kind of now because he's running a completely different offense at UCLA than he was running back then. But I mean, it's also yeah, college. And, and college is a little different too. It is, yeah. But but yeah, back to the Giants, the uh, the big pickup Kenny Galladay, he's out with a hamstring two to three weeks, and yeah, he'll probably recover. But it, if you need the offense to make a big step up. Having these guys out, having these issues at offensive line, that's going to mess up your flow. And I, I just really struggle to see how this team is going to put up points. Cool. All right, so check it out. I just made a deposit on my William Hill account. Let's go. And I just look at the, the Giants' regular season win total on there. And check this out. It's at seven. Okay. What do you think the juice is for over and under? Ooh, I, I feel like people are still high on the Giants. Yeah, they are. So I'm going to say, yeah, I'm going to say the juice is skewing towards them wanting you to take the under. So I'm saying maybe you get like plus 120 on the under. Oh, oh no, my friend. You're at plus 130. Whoa. All right. Oh, yeah, yeah dude. Oh. That, that's oh, good. And, and for Can't over seven, over seven, they went minus 150, dude. Are you kidding <laughs> me, dude? Is this, I don't think this is an eight and nine team, man. <laughs> and it's, I'm, still, I'm still getting used to Predicting a 17 game record. I know it's so hard. Like, yeah. And, and, and Joe judge, he brings some fire. The fans like him, yeah, but it's, he's still a fucking special teams coach. 
Yeah, exactly. It, it's he still strikes me as a coordinator. And yeah, there's it, another one. Maybe the last special teams coach to tear it up coaching in the end. Okay, Jim uh, John Harbaugh. Harbaugh is the only John exception. Harbaugh. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, I I'm just uh, I'm again I'm not I'm not that nervous about the Giants and especially their offense. And yeah, Barkley may end up paying dividends in fantasy, but Ken, he's coming off that ACL, MCL. Yeah, dude. And he's not he's not practicing. It, put it this way: the Giants signed Alfred Morris, so maybe they are serious about not playing him early on. Okay, their most stable guy on their lineup is the most unstable position, which is running back. Which these guys come and go so quick. Yeah. So you can't. And they're, uh, that's not a thing. You, yeah, you're building. You're not building a franchise around a running back in the in today's NFL. No, and they seem dead set on re-signing uh, Barkley and, and putting him on a second contract. So I think they are really going to baby him into the season and not, uh, you know, not not use him a ton. So. Yeah, I mean, and even if he's good, like like I said, like I don't see a situation where their defense is dominating and they can just hand him the ball and win games with Daniel Jones managing. No, the only chance they have to win games is Daniel Jones throwing 50 times a game, and that's not going to be good. Well, and, and there's been, I mean, Saquon Barkley has been really good and they still lose games. Like there's no correlation to Barkley being good and them winning games. Dude. I mean, we grew up in the era of Barry Sanders, bro. So there's, there's plenty of opportunities for running backs. And he really is modern day Barry Sanders. (laughs) The guy with tons of athletic talent on a team that has no chance of making the playoffs. All right. So that was a good round of shitting on New York. Um, <laughs> we already shit on these guys before, but we're going to shit on them a little bit more now. We got I got coming in in third in the division, the Dallas Cowboys. Wow. Love it. And uh, we already were highlighting their injury issues. Something we didn't go over in that, in that first part there is, dude, like, C.D. Lamb is a good young receiver. I like him. I don't mind throwing him in a, a best ball. I don't think I have any shares of him right now. I think the only guy in the Cowboys offense I currently have a little piece of is Blake Jarwin because that's one of those, like, 16th-round tight ends you can grab. And if he yeah. has th- two good weeks during the season, you know, yay, I did it. I got, I got a decent pick there. But, uh, yeah, I wouldn't recommend him out for him for anything outside of best ball. But, okay, so – Dallas is over under is at nine and a half right now. And it's pretty much like, dude, it's minus 115 for the over, minus 105 for the under. So even then, dude, people are leaning for the Cowboys to be good here. Like, where are their wins coming, dude? Like, yeah. And uh, again, there's, there's a lot of holes to be poked in this Cowboys team, one of which their, their strength is the, is normally the offensive line, but really they're dealing with a, a, a ton of injuries. I mean, Tyron Smith, you know, I mean, you look at his last couple seasons, he is really hitting a wall. Zach Martin dealing with a uh, ankle thing already in training camps. In and, I training would, camp. and I would say Zach Martin is the only one of those guys on that line that's still an elite guy. Yeah. And he's hurt. <laughs> he's being, yeah. He's being and, and uh, you know, Lyle Collins, the, there's a tweet about his uh, agent saying, no, he's not retiring because of his hip injury. That's not good. Uh, and again, they're, I just don't think they're going to be able to blow people off the line. The receiver, they do have a good core of young receivers that are athletic that are, that are tough to guard. Although even Amari Cooper, he is on the pup list, uh, to start things out. So we'll see. I mean, again, their defense was so bad last year. It's bound to get a little bit better. Uh, cause I just don't think it can get worse. And I do think Michael Parsons, said, like you said earlier, Michael Parsons is a good draft pick. 
But that's not a Ray Lewis type that's going to come in and revolutionize your defense. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like, he's a good linebacker. Yeah. He will upgrade that defense, but not by too much. Like, I, I well, still, and, and there's still a bottom the mo- half. Yeah, and just in the modern NFL, it's tough to – I mean, it's pretty rare if a, if the linebacker is is really a game changer on the defensive side. You know, it's all about the pass rush or elite uh, pass covering uh, cornerbacks. But yeah, I mean, uh, the, and you know, they bring in the uh, defensive coordinator. Uh, I'm blanking on his name. The uh, the guy from uh, was hold on, this is annoying. <laughs> he was in uh, he was in Seattle. Oh, Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn. Yeah, Dan yeah. Quinn. Dude, we're who'd like who had only been a defensive coordinator for two years before he got the uh, Falcons job. He really and and he was coordinator. I re, you said this on your show recently, where it's like he was a coordinator under Pete Carroll, who runs his yeah. own defense. So it's like, yeah, it's, yeah, it's like, are, is he really some mastermind? And we haven't even mentioned the Hard Knocks curse. How many teams that are on Hard Knocks end up having good years? Eventually, uh, there's just something about being on a TV show during training camp that has an impact. I haven't even thought about that, dude. That is such a good call. All right. Well, you just convinced me because I just took the under on the Giants at minus 105. I'm pounding this under nine and a half on the Cowboys because, like, dude, even in a nine and eight season, which I I don't think they have in them. No. I mean, this division was hot trash last year. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I was there, there was a possibility in the final weeks there that I was really rooting for where we could have possibly gotten a six and ten division winner out of this. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, there was a world because I was I was crunching the numbers every week, but there was like a not not like zero possibility, like, a, you know, a 10 percent outcome where the Eagles would win the division at five, ten, yeah. and one. <laughs> That's insane. So I, was, I was rooting for that for a number of reasons, but uh, yeah, it was it was pretty hilarious. All right, so I just got it. Well, and, and and I mean, not to go too crazy on it, but the Cowboys' schedule is pretty tough. Let's go over it real quick. Let's... Yeah, I mean, just starting out uh, opening night at uh, at the box at Tampa, which yeah. the Super Bowl banner ring ceremony. You know Tampa's huh. going to be juiced up in front of their fans and be able to fucking really like, hey, last time we played here, we were winning a Super Bowl in front of you at home. Yeah, uh, I mean, like, dude, yeah. it's kind of one of the easiest trends, but the uh, Super Bowl winner on that opening Thursday night is actually really good against the spread. You would think like, oh, the ring ceremony, they're distracted. It's funny because in the NBA, it's the exact opposite. You, yeah, you fade yeah, the ring. In NFL, you you ride it, but then they got at Chargers, which again, that's not going to be easy. That's, that that's not fun. a give me game, especially week two, because Chargers are probably still healthy. Then they don't really break yeah. down with injuries until around week six, week seven. Yeah, you know I'll be throwing Herbert in some uh, stacks because he I, against that defense. I I think they'd really be able to throw. The ball I would on. definitely throw a Herbert Keenan Allen stack that week. That's one of those games where I see Keenan oh. Allen going off for like fifteen catches. 130 yards, two touchdowns, like love it. He's going off that week. Okay, what do we got week? <laughs> then we got Eagles Monday night in Dallas. Oh, we're gonna fuck him up. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna be jacked. They they have a uh, Panthers at home. Okay, that's they got a chance now, there. Uh, I am on the Panthers under already, pretty heavy. Uh, but I got I, I took them at it was like seven and a half. See, yeah, I, I'm kind of slightly higher on the Panthers. I, I 
I threw out them to have a winning season at like two to one. But again, I'm, I, I don't have a strong play. I, I kind of like the case for them in fantasy. See, and uh, I, like, I, I know, like I know you, like, you guys like Sam Darnold a little bit this year going into that situation. But I'll say this. I will fade SC quarterbacks all day, <laughs> every day. <laughs> That's probably not a bad idea. Uh, all right. What else do they got? They got Giants at home. Okay. They they probably do that at new England. That it, it, that's not a, that's never easy. Even when new England's not amazing. Then they have at Minnesota again. That's a tough one. I think Minnesota's a lot better this year. Um, Mike Zimmer yeah. doesn't have back-to-back bad defenses. No, no. And if their defense is a little bit better, they went, they went in there and won last year. I, I think it'll be tough to do it back to back. I love uh, Justin Jefferson, dude. Like, yeah, that guy well, is he, a stud. he got backed up too, which is kind of a annoying because I do have some shares of him in best ball, not a ton, but uh, I just, I just did a stack with him, uh, Dalvin Cook and Kirk Cousins. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, yeah, uh, that Minnesota offense should still be pretty good it's so fun putting together deep best ball stacks you're like okay all right who's on the board here who do i already (laughs) have how am i going to line all this up together and like how am i going to weave this into a nice rug that i can i can throw for comfort in the winter time like (laughs) (laughs) something to check monday morning yeah on the can i need action man that's one thing i fucking (laughs) dude i just made a huge list this morning of like I have three suicide pools this year, one of which is a college one, um, which dude, that's got. Yeah, wait, real quick, how do they how do they do the college? I one? don't know, dude, because I, I got to look into the because like yeah, that I, seems too easy, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, college. There's always seventy a games couple, a week. Dude. Yeah, there's always a couple like thirty-five point spreads. Uh, so yeah, I, I don't know how they do that. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's uh all right, I'll just rattle off the rest of their uh, road games because there's some super tough ones. At Kansas City, good fucking luck. Uh, at New Orleans, who they, that defensive line. No chance uh, there. No chance give there. them trouble. At Washington in December, that's going to be tough for them. And then a back-to-back road game at Washington at New York, which New York in December, maybe that's the chance they actually have to and win. And you know what? I, I will give New York that one because uh, back, we know back-to-back road games is always tough. But back-to-back division road games, I don't know what the odds are on that, but, dude, you're probably not winning. You're probably going one-on-one in that, like, nine times out of ten, dude. Like, that's really hard yeah. to do. And then uh, their last road game uh, at Philly. Now, maybe there's a chance we're resting our starters there for the playoffs, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, you're not going to come in in January and win uh, in Philly. That's good. That's a tough out for the year. Even, even when we suck, we're getting up for that game. So especially, yeah, especially, I, especially if the Eagles are as good as I think, I think they might be this year. And you know, it's not so much. I think the Eagles are great this year. And we'll get to them in a minute. But like I'm really, I'm, a lot of people are high on the Giants and Cowboys. I'm very low on them. Yeah. And so therefore by default, someone's got, has to win this. division. <laughs> I think I think the Eagles can beat expectations, and that's the thing. Like, if there's like a stat about, um, you know, the Eagles when they have a below a win total that's set below eight, I think they're eight and three in the Jeffrey Lurie era because they're they're a team that's good at exceeding expectations if the bar is set low. If it's super high and they expect them to go to the Super Bowl, like you know, or be in the mix like it was the past couple of years with Wentz. That's when they that's when they disappoint and that's when they struggle. But 
when they kind of sneak up on people and everyone says they're going to suck and then they, they put something together. That's usually their strength. I feel like the Eagles are really one of those teams that are really good at finding those, like what I call transition free agents yeah. where it's maybe a guy who flamed out somewhere else and then they go to the Eagles on a one-year deal and then they blow up there and then sign to another team for big money. And they never kind of recapture that magic. It was like, play- well, yeah. And that, and that was 2017. That was, uh, that's Howie Roseman cobbled together like the perfect year from a bunch of, uh, you know, uh, guys like that, uh, that uh, really made the difference in the uh, championship run there. Yeah. Like and, 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 and Do you think it's because of Rocky? <laughs> might be might be like they like rocky like uh the second like uh underdog guys that are on their last leg that are kind of beaten yeah, down veteran journeyman when, when you if you're one of those guys and you end up in philadelphia you, and you you're like oh you, all you gotta do is show those guys rocky throughout training camp and if they don't you're fucking back, come out ready to go. yeah dude if they're not fucking ready i don't know what the fuck's going on all right so yeah dallas sucks i'm taking the under on them big time uh but I, I will say this. I do think there's good potential for their receivers in best ball fantasy. Yeah. No, definitely. Any, any pass catcher in Dallas is, is worth taking the best because, like we said, they're going to be down a lot, just like they were last year. And, dude, because, I mean, what if they get, like, 14 weeks of Danucci this year? Yeah. <laughs> like, dude, you know, and as an Ital- as a part Italian guy, I, I like, hey, I want Italian quarterbacks to do well. You know, <laughs> Dan Marino was my was one of my dudes growing up. Joe Montana, you know Joe Montana's Italian? Really? Like, a lot of people See, don't know secret, that. Joe Montana, or wait, Joe Montana, you said? Yeah, because uh, original family name was Montano, and it was changed oh, to Montana okay. at Ellis Island by some fucking Irish fucking bum. <laughs> <laughs> that probably was the highlight of my of the Eagles season was all the uh, all the anti-Italian slurs my dad was thrown out in the group thread uh, when <laughs> he was playing the Eagles. That was really the highlight. Oh man, I mean, that's gonna be hey, I, I, as an Italian, it's still funny. All right, so next we're moving on. Uh, hey, I mean, talk about a dumpster fire out of a division. Okay, we we started off with a Duke quarterback team with a ginger offensive coordinator, and then I I forgot to mention this before we leave the Cowboys. I just want to mention their owner is the only owner in the history of the NFL to go on record saying, "I want me some glory hole." <laughs> that is a yeah we i we occasionally had that as on the sound drop as on the podcast i played it on this show in the past because people it's an all-timer i've told people about it and they're like i don't believe you so you got to play no, it. people think you're fucking around no it's like no he said and uh if you watch I, I, and on youtube if you look up jerry jones glory hole it's there and <laughs> the the funniest thing about it to me dude is like if you watch it's harder to find the full clip of it but the full clip is where the Cowboys media person rushes to the microphone and goes, glory hole is an old oil term for oil men <laughs> for finding oil. And it's, you know, a glory hole. It's prosperous. It gives you stuff. And like, I mean, oh, just, yeah, you can find oil for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. George Bush and fucking it was definitely all about glory holes in his. I mean, he probably probably was. <laughs> <but>. <laughs> But yeah, hey, and I'm glad we were able to. Hey, if you thought I was gonna do an NFC East preview and not work glory holes into it, you're oh, crazy. You're, you're watching the wrong, listening it's to the wrong show. Wrong fucking show, dude. Like this is, but yeah. <laughs> so like right away you got to And then this next team. So like I mean we're looking at it like a series dumpster fire. Once again, the Eagles are kind of my team here by default because the next team is the Washington Football Team. 
literally a team that doesn't even have a fucking name. (laughs) Dan Snyder, their owner. And you could say this. Owners, like winning, like a guy who's a winner in real life tends to breed winning winning culture. And and it's kind of weird to say with the Giants and Cowboys because those owners have won championships. Like they have put it together. But sometimes you do that and then it goes to your head and you think you're smarter than you are. And, yeah. and, and that happens quite a bit. Like, um, yeah, no, no owners. Definitely. I mean, yeah, you, uh, Jimmy Johnson, of course, is, or, uh, Jerry Johnson's the all time example. Cause he got rid of Jimmy Johnson. Cause he had such an ego and they haven't won a super bowl since. I mean, yeah, granted they won one after that, but that was basically Jimmy's team. No, so. Jimmy, yeah. They won it the year after Jimmy left with Jimmy's team. Yeah. And dude, the craziest thing about that is, Jerry Jones, Jimmy Johnson, and the guy that replaced Jimmy Johnson, Barry Switzer, they were yeah. all teammates at the University of Arkansas. That is that is crazy. Like, that is, I mean, yeah, that that uh, the whole the whole Jerry legacy and Jerry's world, all that's all that's fucking wild. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. Like him, like I don't know. I give him credit as an owner though, because he actually played call like SEC football. Like, yeah. like I give him credit a little bit more credit than a lot of the other owners because like like, like this guy fucking Dan Snyder, dude oh, like huge tool the biggest tool. Remember when he first came in and he was like, "All right, I'm signing old Bruce Smith. I'm signing old Deion Sanders. I'm signing this guy. I'm signing that guy." And they just fucking laid an egg immediately. Where they kind of had a decent young team with Levar Arrington, like some yeah. young guys that they were building around a good young defense, Champ Bailey. You know, like there was something there, and then this fucking damn Dan fucking Snyder, like, nah, nah, nah. Let's stop doing it that way. We're gonna fucking bring in all these old guys. Oh, what? That doesn't work. All right, now we're bringing in Steve Spurrier. <laughs> like, I mean, Albert Hainsworth is the all timer. Oh, dude. I think seven year, hundred million dollar deal, and that was like when a hundred million dollars was. Wasn't it like one twenty two, something like that? It, well, I think it, I think it like they said it was one twenty two. I don't think he actually ever got there. Oh, he didn't uh, get there close that, to that. Yeah, yeah. There was that great play where he kind of just gave up and was just laying on the ground. <laughs> and that's an all time a viral moment. And then Dion, they he signed uh, Dion Sanders eight year fifty six million dollars at the age of thirty three. He lasted one season with the Redskins. Uh, he intercepted four passes, so actually not not bad. Not but bad. still, I mean, in fact, but, you only get one year out of him is uh, pretty insane. But he basically paid for peak Atlanta Falcons, Dion, yeah. and, and got you know what he got. I mean, we're like back with back in those days, Dion, like with like in the Falcons and when he was with the 49ers and even the Cowboys. Like teams just wouldn't throw to his side of the field. No, no, I mean that's probably why he got the four interceptions. Was everyone probably thought he lost a step? Yeah, which he probably did to some degree. Yeah, well, then he was, came back a couple years later with Baltimore too. Remember that? Yeah, he, this. So his last year with the Redskins was 2000. Retired for three years, came back for the Ravens in 04 and 05, but only started six games between those two seasons. So, all right, yeah, he was like a Nickelback know, mostly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So the Washington Football Team. Uh, I am kind of high on these guys in fantasy wise. I think Terry McLaurin is one of the few guys in the league that you can pencil in as the number one receiver on that squad. And who's going to get a yeah. lion's share of the targets. And so yep. uh, with a veteran quarterback, like Ryan Fitzpatrick throwing to him, I think there's some value with Terry McLaurin, in any format. Uh, and uh, except with the exception of uh half 
PPR. Um, half PPR or zero PPR. What are you people doing? Come on. What's going full, on? Full PPR. Come on. It's the only way to do it. What the fuck are we even doing anymore if we're not doing a full point per reception in fantasy? <laughs> All right. And I guess half PPR, I, I kind of get it to a degree, but I don't know. I, I, it's, that's... Well, full points is the most fun, and uh, that's what they do in DraftKings. It's It just makes it more exciting. Yeah, It makes the pass-catching running backs relevant. No, yeah, because you get some of those running backs that catch like five screen passes in the first half, and all of a sudden you got fucking like – you're sitting on a 15 point game in the first half. You're like, Oh shit. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so my take on their fantasy, cause there, there are some interesting oh, with you on McLaurin. I also think Logan Thomas, is... I like him as a deeper tight end because once you get past, like yeah. there's that first tier of tight ends to me, there, there's the first, the top two you have Kel- uh, Kelsey and Waller. Yep. And then you ha- kind of have the next tier where you have like Kittle, um, Hawkinson, Mark Andrews, uh, like that tier. And then yeah. you have like the next one of like Noah Fant. And then there's a, like a couple of like, and so <clears throat> there's always those guys like Irv Smith that have all the athletic tools that you're waiting for the big breakout. But yeah, Logan Thomas is good. And then and he was Katie, a quarterback in college, dude. Which yeah, is- no, that's a, that's a crazy transition. And I guess they, even uh, he came. He started as a tight end at Virginia Tech. Then they switched him to quarterback, and then like teams wanted him to come into the draft as a uh, as a tight end. But uh, you know he ended up getting drafted as a quarterback. Bruce Arians, fellow Hokey, gave him a shot in Arizona, and then and then eventually he decided to make the switch. But uh, as far as like deep sleepers, I like uh, J.D. McKissick. He's he's going super late. Everyone thinks Antonio Gibson's just going to be the workhorse, but I, I think J.D. McKissick gets a ton of uh, passes thrown his way. I mean, he had 80 catches last year. I don't think they're going to completely go away from him. And Antonio Gibson's dealing with this turf toe thing, so we'll see if now, that I do out. have Antonio Gibson in my football guys lineup for the, yeah. the big FFPC league I'm in. And uh, well, what I like about Gibson is uh, the offensive coordinator – they brought over that Rivera brought over with him from Carolina, basically saying, I see him doing everything that we did with Christian McCaffrey in this offense. And if that's the case, it's like, okay, we're looking at a guy with like eight, eight. even even if he's like 70% of what McCaffrey was, we're looking at a guy like 75 catches, like, like, like like crazy production. Like, so I, 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 but also I already had Darren Waller and I also got Kyler Murray in that at a very good deal. So I, that, yeah, that's uh, yeah. I mean, Gibson should be solid. I, I guess I just think where you can get McKissick at is worth a little bit of a roll of the dice. You know, I probably should have handcuffed him with McKissick. I probably should have done that. And like you said, McKissick d- did get the catches last year. He was the receiving back, but Gibson was a, a receiver in college at Memphis. Yeah, that was the, that was the weird thing. Everyone thought he would come in and just catch passes, but he came in and ran the ball a ton. I feel like they wanted to work him like make him learn the fundamentals of being a running back at that level because if he just learns to re- uh rely on his receiving skills, he becomes like a like a James White with better speed. Yeah. You know, I'm going to grab a beer real quick. Sean, uh why don't you tell uh, my people about prop swap cuz I think uh <laughs> they they'd really like that with some of these features right, yeah, given out. I like this. I like this getting a guest promo read on another uh, podcast. 
Well, Bowser's out there in Las Vegas. And if you listen to the show, obviously, you know, Bowser buys a bunch of uh, sports tickets, futures. You heard him uh, betting on the Giants under the uh, the Cowboys under. And the, the cool thing about PropSwap is you get these tickets and you can buy and sell them from a bunch of other states outside Las Vegas. So you come to Las Vegas, lay down a bunch of bets on some uh, futures. And then let's say things are looking pretty good. Then you can sell them. You can sell them uh, whenever you want. And it's kind of like eBay, but for uh, sports tickets, go to PropSwap.com. Use a promo code SGP and you get up to $500 in bonus cash. That's right. A uh, great way to uh, make some cash. Just buy it and sell it. It's, it's like the stock market, but for sports bet, PropSwap.com, where America buys and sells sports bets. <laughs> you you really should. You're, I mean, you're in props. Uh, prop, I know. Props, I need uh, to get in on that. Can I get an account here? I don't know if I'm in one of the states eligible for it. That's what's funny about it. I can buy the tickets. <laughs> I'm, here. Pretty, I'm pretty sure Nevada is. Okay. I'll have to look though. Um, no, I've mentioned that the last couple episodes because I'll be like, "Hey, here's some picks." Like, like I like like for Heisman, I like Malik Willis at fifty to one. Mm. Do I think is he, he he's the kid from Liberty? Right, the kid from Liberty. Yeah, dude, he's a yeah. stud. And if he takes it, Liberty, he up. he's he's fun. Yeah, dude. If he leads into an undefeated season where they knock because they have a good decent schedule where they play a couple power five teams this year, or if he lights it up hard in those games, dude, that goes down to fifteen to one in week eight real quick, and you can get some good value on that ticket. Like, I that yeah, I, I watched a lot of Liberty Flames football last year for some god. <laughs> god, god. I've seen some of the I've just seen some of the highlights and he looks fun, dude. Yeah, he's he's real. He's legit. He's the real deal. Like, I think he should probably be the first quarterback taken in next year's draft. But I mean, we'll see how this year plays out. You never know when some rocket arm kid from like fucking comes uh, out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah, it comes out of like the Mac or some shit. Like, you just never know. Um. But yeah, with the football team, I do like the move of uh, bringing in Ryan Fitzpatrick. I, I think that brings some stability, but he he throws a lot of interceptions. And I think people are overlooking that. Yeah, I mean, if you're – there's a reason he's been in the league 15 years and only had, what, one winning season as a starter? Well, more for that, he's been on, like, what, like nine teams in 15 years? Yeah. Like, I, I mean – you know, he's, he's fun. He's a fun guy to come off the bench or to start for a couple games. He's definitely fun to root for. <laughs> yeah. Or just like randomly throw in your, in your DFS lineup, 59, 86 and one as a starter. Now, technically last year, he had a winning record of four and three, but really his only full foolish season as a starter where he had a winning record was 2015 with the jets when he went 10 and six other than that, he's just a guy who loses more games than he wins for the most part. Um, and you're, you're right to his touchdown interception. It's two twenty three to 169. So not quite the ratio you're looking for. I, I, <laughs> if, you're, if you're a Washington fan, you're telling them, or, or the plan is, Hey, just be a game manager. We have a really good defense. Don't fuck this up. Just throw it to McLaurin, hand it off to Gibson, you know, don't turn the ball over and let our defense win these games, which is not really how the modern NFL normally you get a dominant team, but they certainly have a ton of talent, especially on that front seven. Okay. So, uh, William Hill here has them at eight and a half, um, minus 120 on the over, even on the under. And I think that's about right. Uh, but once yeah. again, I'm kind of devaluing this division in general, like to a certain degree. So it's like, give me, if you're going to give me even money, on them not being a nine and eight team after 
Well, they had a losing record last year and won the division. Yeah, seven and nine. Although honestly, they should have been six and ten. I mean, we all watched that debacle of a game. But if they don't take Jalen Hurts out, they probably win the game. That cost me a fantasy playoff game because I had <laughs> Jalen Hurts starting. Oh, really? Yeah, and like I just needed him to get me like another like ten, fifteen points, which he easily would have done. If, had he yeah, we had to see what we, you know, we had to get a look at Nate Sudfeld. Oh, God. <laughs> It's well, like, I mean, dude, it's like you have you still haven't got a great look at fucking Jalen Hurts with a chance to fucking do like like at least not going to be hey, even if you're not going to win the division with the win. If you have a chance to like make your division, a division rival, lose the division. on I mean, even if it benefits the Cowboys or Giants or whoever, dude, you 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 knock out the guy across the fucking field from you. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, dude. I mean, I I I said Jalen Hurts should have played that whole game, but, you know. Getting eight subs because it's, it, it's not like, dude. Hey, now, if if it was like an Aaron Rodgers type guy, yeah, I know you try out Nate Sudfeld. Okay, I get that. I get not wanting to get him hurt in that. Like, but dude, with Hurts, you you don't still you still don't quite have. I, oh, dude, that it's infuriating, dude. But you know, I I do like. Uh, if we're gonna uh, we'll get to props later, but dude, I am kind of high on Chase Young this year. We'll get to that one a little later. But I, yeah, he he's yeah. I don't know the price, but him defensive player of the year is certainly. Uh, he certainly fits the profile. Yeah, he's the kind of guy, and, and it's usually a guy in like what he's like in his second, third year now. Yep, yeah, second year. So yeah, yeah th- this is like when guys make huge leaps, like guys like Von Miller and stuff like that. They're yeah, really breakout year sacks wise, yep. he could be trouble. All right, um, all right, so let's get into it, dude. I have your fill. Yeah. Oh no, no, no. So uh, yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go under. Here, here's what I'm saying. You bet. Giants, Cowboys, football team, all unders. I think you go two and one there at, at the very least. Yeah. I don't, I don't, you know, the odds of you going one and two or zero oh and three are very. And I'm getting one at straight even money, one at minus one hundred five, and one at plus one thirty. Yeah, the prices. So the, are, the, the prices are really good for me on that. Like, yeah, yeah. I explain. I tried to explain these last couple money line prices to the listeners, and if they don't get it at this point, they're just not going to get it, <laughs> <laughs> like, dude. So people just can't figure out how a money line works. So I'm just amazed. It's like, okay, minus 120. That means if you put up 12, you win 10. Plus 120. You put you put down 10, you yeah. win 12. Like, it, yeah. like, don't overthink this. It's what it is. All right. Um, Very easy to figure out. No, I, I like the Eagles this year. Um, and the, like, it's basically kind of a default thing. But I think they, they're the team that upgraded the best this offseason. If you're looking, if I'm looking at this division from the offseason, who did the most to address the their biggest need that they had going in, and it was the Eagles by getting Devontae Smith in the draft. They needed yeah. they needed that fucking deep threat alpha number one receiver type guy, and I think he can be that for him. I yeah. think I think he can come in as a rookie, maybe not have a Justin Jefferson type season because that's like he he had one of the top five like, like rookies. Yeah. Yeah, 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 he had one of the best rookie seasons of all time. But I think he can be a really good receiver in his rookie year. And uh, I like Miles Sanders a lot at running back. And I think Jalen Hurts takes a step forward. Like, I'm a big fan of running quarterbacks. Give me a guy yeah. who can, who can, if everything breaks down, sneak that six yards and, and give you a better chance on third down or, or pick up that first down or whatever it takes, you know? Yeah, uh, agree 100%. I mean, I, I think the biggest thing for the Eagles having a much better year is their offensive line is healthy. They're they're in a much better spot. I mean, they had 14 different starting offensive line combinations last year, which 
certainly didn't help Carson Wentz, and he's a huge pussy. Don't even need to get into that. But uh, you give this team, and the, the Eagles have been good when they have a good offensive line. You give Hurts time, and you and you have solid run blockers in there, which they have, and which are healthy now. Lane Johnson finally got his ankle surgery cleared up. His ankle looks 100%. Jordan Mailata. That uh, that Australian uh, rugby dude that that has just been dominating uh, and and looks amazing. Jason Kelsey's healthy. Brandon Brooks is coming back from his Achilles. He's he's good to go. Slight hamstring uh, or something small, but yeah, I mean they as long as their guys stay healthy and even if a couple get injured, the fact that they got so much experience from their backups, like they they have one of the deepest offensive lines. Like I, I think they're gonna have a top three, top four offensive line and on the other side their defensive line should be the strength of their defense you know Javon Hargrave who they got from the Steelers it was like a young beast but he came in he was hurt and of course there was like no real training camp yeah so he, he, was a late, he was a later mid to late round pick for the Steelers and yeah I, I always liked him the there is the Steelers and the way their defense is right now they just really didn't quite have that cap room for that type of nose tackle yeah, and, and, like, yeah, and he he started playing really well towards the end of the season. Josh Sweat's looking really good, so I I think their I think their defensive line and their biggest hole or like something that was a huge liability was their second cornerback. They like they literally just didn't have a second cornerback signed. Uh, Steve Nelson doesn't like to be called Steven Nelson <laughs> off the Steelers. And uh, and they drafted this kid in the fourth round, uh, Zach McPherson, who's who's looking pretty solid. So it, it might not be uh, might not be like a a dominant a defensive group, but um, you know they they certainly should be uh, pretty solid. Well, my old pal Bill Hill has them at uh, over under at seven <laughs> wins, over at plus one fifteen, under at minus one thirty five. Now, hey. There's a good chance, like, I'm going to take the over here, obviously, because I like them to win this division, but there's a chance, like, I win three out of four of these, and none of these teams look that great. Like, 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 the, like the, the odds are telling me right now, like, every the public is all over everybody except the Eagles. Why, yep. why is that? Dallas has one of the biggest fan bases in the country. New York has one of the biggest fan bases in the country. And uh, the football team's all PC now with their new names. So uh, all, all the all the all the lame ass progress, all the all, all, all the lame all the lame ass pico commie hipsters jumping all over that one. I, I I honestly don't know why why their price is what it is, but I'm taking Eagles over seven wins. Let's go! Oh, you, it's at seven now. Yeah, it was at. I think I think I uh, well maybe. Uh, should check prop swap, uh, Scott, see if you can get any six and a half tickets. Cause I think I, when we were out there for the uh, finals or the NBA playoffs, I think I got at six and a half, seven though, still a good number. Seven. And they're giving me plus one fifteen juice. I like, that. Oh, okay. Nice. Well then that probably, that probably, I think uh, that kind of makes up for the, the, the half a game there. Yeah. Cause I'd rather, I mean, honestly, when it comes down to it, I'd rather have the juice and maybe potentially push there. Yeah. But, but uh, so we'll go over the division odds. Uh, Eagles are my pick to win the division. And you know what? Let's go. I, I told myself I wasn't going to sit here and ball wash you. <laughs> I, I really did. Like, I was like, but I, as I broke down the division and I looked at it, I was like, well, what quarterback do I trust right now the most in that division? And believe it or not, it's Jalen Hurts. Because I, I think he has the most potential to do something like his ceilings through the roof. Yeah. Yeah. And there's, there was enough. 
he flashed enough that you're intrigued about a potential ceiling. You give him a good offensive line. Uh, and what they do in the draft, they went out and got him a fucking elite yeah, downfield threat. Yep. And when you have a scrambling quarterback, they don't necessarily have to have the rocket arm to be a great downfield passer because all you need to do is run around in the back in the backfield, hang around just long enough for a guy to get open down there, and you don't have to fucking be John Elway to get it to him. No, and, and you pick up some first downs uh, with your legs and keep the chains going and, and keep the offense out there. All right, so NFC East, let's just go over the odds real quick because the way William Hill has it, it's not is almost the exact opposite of it. They have the Cowboys as the favorite at plus one fifty, football team next at plus one eighty, Giants at plus three seventy five, and Eagles at plus five fifty. Now, dude, just be. I don't think there's that big of a separation on these teams. Where if you're gonna literally give me one of those teams at five yeah. to one plus, fucking a, I'm on that, dude. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean that's the thing. It- at five to one, it feels way more of a crapshoot than than should be priced at five to one. That to me is crazy. Yeah, dude. Like, I'm not saying, oh, that's a for sure thing, but dude, like, I would five to one. Five to one were, dude. I'm seriously Dallas at plus one fifteen, like Washington at plus one or one plus one fifty, one plus one eighty. I don't like that at all. No, like that. So much has to go right for those teams for them to be in there. You know, I maybe Washington. I here's the thing with it. I don't see them repeating as division champs. Well, I mean, uh, here's the thing. Just looking at the NFC, Scott, who are these teams? Can you trust? Let's be honest. None of them, right? None, none of, of them. them. You, none. you can't trust these teams as yeah, far as you take the long shot. <laughs> right. I mean, all things being equal, it maybe one of these teams emerges as like the dominant team, but certainly the, the, the Cowboys haven't shown you anything to suggest they're dominant. That would warrant like a plus plus one eighty five on the division. And, oh, we forgot to mention this with the Eagles, by the way, that Nick Sirianni, they got, they're bringing in a new head coach. Dude, this guy could be the next Vince Lombardi. You never yeah. know with new head coaches. He, he, he could also be the next Lane Kiffin. Okay. I'm not, you know, like, like there's, there's it, it go, but like, dude, he's, he's probably somewhere in the middle of that spectrum. And yeah uh, it really it really could go either way and the there's certainly potential for the eagles to be a complete disaster but there's a there's potential for them to be slightly better than these other nfc's teams well at least we know who their coaches are yeah we 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 got a special teams guy we got a guy who fucking uh how do you have an artery unclogged after taking shots of ranch dressing in green bay and then we, we got a fucking uh um like dude, wait, wait, that, that I've covered New York. I've covered oh, and then <laughs> Ron Rivera. I, I, okay, respect to Ron Rivera, dude. I, yeah, I, I it's like, hard to shit on Ron Rivera. I, I can't really shit on him too hard. He's he's solid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he, he beat cancer, uh, but I, I don't I don't like his haircut or okay. the cut of it. And I know you put what like a hundred bucks on Sirianni to win Coach of the Year. Yeah, yeah. What, what was I, the price of that? Well, and again, everyone when I point out this stuff, people just say I'm an insane homer, but. Here's my case. Now we just said the uh, the Eagles. To win I just the picked them to win the division. Yeah, <laughs> at what five to one, right? At five 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 point or five, plus five fifty. Fifty five fifty. Yeah. So if the Eagles win the NFC East, that means they won four year four games a previous game. They probably won nine ten games. Maybe eleven. Maybe. I think if he wins eleven, which I think yeah. is possible, dude, it's very possible. It's, and if you take, if you look at the previous coach of the year winners, a lot of the winners are guys who uh, 
improve their team's win loss by five or six games. And the Eagles certainly have that formula. If, if them to win the division is only five to one, but him to win coach of the year is 50 to one. If Nick Sirianni wins uh, the NFC East with this Eagles team, with how much shit they've been, they've uh, people have thrown at them. And the fact that they're the Eagles and they're in the major media market in the NFC East, how many articles, how many, you know, you want to talk about ball washing, Bowser. If Nick Sirianni, <laughs> if Nick Sirianni wins the NFC East for the Eagles, I mean, break out the car wash because there's going to be some serious ball washing going on that will help you win Coach of the Year. All right, let's see what uh, um, William Hill has him at. Because yeah, like, here's the thing: is to win because like, look at right now, it's got the leader is Sean McDermott at plus eight hundred. Okay, I like the Bills, man. The Bills are great. I just picked them to win the AFC East. I just loaded up on them at minus 170 or whatever to win the AFC East. I love them. But it's what can Sean McDermott do to like make them like, oh, he was coach of the year this. Like how much more does he, can he improve them? Like Yeah, I mean if he if he was going to get coach of the year, it would have to have been last year. Keep in mind this where, is a regular season award. Yeah, where he took Josh Allen. Yeah. And- I mean, Kevin Stefanski, who won it last year, that's a great example, right? The Browns were 6-10 and with Freddie Kitchens. He comes in. He immediately makes them five games better, gets them to the playoffs at 6-10. and Then they're all of a sudden they're 11-5, and and that's that's what you can – because to your point, like, yeah, Sean McDermott is a really good coach. Like, that's not how this award is given out. Yeah. Because it's like how much – better were you than last year in the regular season. The Buffalo Bills were really good in the regular so, like, season. Dude, McDermott and Brandon Staley are both at plus 800. Stepnaski's at plus 1,000. Like, Stepnaski is not going to get this two years in a row. And he's the third. And Flores is at plus, 1, plus 1,200. Where it's like, okay, he's the third listed guy there. That makes no sense at all because he doesn't really – how much more could he make the Browns better? He's not going to take the Browns from fucking 11 wins last year to like 15 yeah. wins. Not- well, and, and yeah, and just coming back to Sean McDermott, but it's a great example for all of these. They were 13 and three last year. So what now they're going to go 14 and three and everyone's going to give him all these kudos. No, you have to pick a team who is really bad. This is why it goes to first year coaches a lot because yeah. it's, it, it makes it obvious to turn around. Oh, they were bad. Then they got a new coach. Now they're good. It's a very simple thing to sell. It's, it's harder for like a, a coach to win it in his second or third year. Even, even uh, Doug Peterson, who should Dude, have won it. The he's year at 30 they to one on here on William Hill right now. Doug Peterson. No, no, Sirianni. I was going to say. So the oh, odds of Yeah. Yeah. Everyone's, well, they've heard the podcast. Now. Well, I, yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm fucking myself right now by doing this. But, you know, I'm, I'm putting a couple bucks on him right there. 30 Let's to one. go. That's a fun one because, like, hey, but if I'm already going to take the Eagles win over the Eagles yeah. uh, uh, to win the division, well, I might as well get in on the fucking the biggest possible <laughs> jackpot on this. Like, Yeah. No, because if they hit their win total over and they hit the, and they win the NFC East, damn, I mean, he's got to be in the mix for coach of the year. Yeah. I mean, that's just, yeah, it's just, is. it's just, and like, I don't know, so many of these coaches, we kind of know, like, it's like Andy Reid, like, you can't give the cheat, like, what, no. what, like, what could Andy Reid do this year? To, like, like, what would he have to do for people to be like, oh, that was definitely the best coaching job of the year? No, okay. The only scenario I see there is like if Mahomes goes out and they win, fuck it. Like, 
You know, I, I think the one like, the year Bel- I don't know if Belichick won the coach of the year and uh, the year that Brady got hurt and they had Matt Castle and so went ten and six. But that's the year that you would give Belichick the coach of the year, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I don't. He didn't even. Uh, I'm looking at the list here. I, he didn't even get it. He got it. The uh, who are the, the last that, five winners? Just seen the last five winners. So yes, yeah, Stefanski won it, and then uh, in 2019, Harbaugh won it at 14 and two. Because uh, you know they got they got that really good. Okay, so that's the rare time a guy who's already won a Super Bowl and already had success wins Coach of the Year. But I mean, they, it's basically a completely different team at the same time. Yeah, I mean, it, basically, it's because he got you know Lamar Jackson, who a guy they couldn't think th- could throw the ball and still can't. But they they got him an MVP season out of Matt Nagy. That one's that one's a great comparison too. It's not Matt Nagy was the best coach of all time, but he comes in and all of a sudden the Bears are 12 and four with Mitch Trubisky and he, he looks great. 2017, when again, Doug Peterson should have won it because he took that, uh, that Eagles team, got him to 13 and three. What uh, a fucking so, Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and beat Sean McVay in the Rams, but they gave it to Sean McVay again, first year coach. And he goes eleven and five, basically. Yeah, he Again, came in. Yeah, yeah. The, we're, we're, so we're sensing a pattern here with this. <laughs> yeah, it goes to new or occasionally a second year guy, but a lot of times it's it's tough for the second year coach because it, you already set the precedent of your first year. You know. So you heard it here, thirty to one. Even John got it fifty to one, like a champ. Yeah, thirty to thirty one still. Thirty good. to one still good. Like that. That's. That's much better value than you than it, than you realize when you look at the rest of the division and you just look at how this award goes. Like there's there's a big scenario where the Giants are awful, the football team's awful, Dak is doesn't even play, and the, yeah. Eagle, the Eagles run away with the division. You start getting that momentum, and it would be really hard to not give him Coach of the Year at that point. <laughs> yep. Speaking my mind, uh, speaking my language, browser. All right, all right, right, right before we go, okay. There's one prop that I uh, I mentioned earlier that I had to get tell because like William Hill's offering some cool like rookie props of like rookie receiver that like this one or that one most re- receiving yards or rookie running backs this one or that one. But they did they match up an Alabama one of Jalen Waddle, oh, and Devontae Smith. You can't set the spread big enough. Well, and A, obviously I'm biased, but Devonta Smith is going to get a shit ton of targets. He has He's the chance right one. now to be the number one receiver coming out of training yeah. camp. And, and on the other end, Waddle's still dealing with that weird uh, ankle thing that's lingering a little bit. But really, it's just crazy competition for targets in that Miami offense. Devontae Parker is going to be the number one receiver this year. Yeah, and then Waddle might in- be the number one receiver next year. But, this but year, they also brought in Will Fuller. Yeah. And so, like, there, there's a lot of competition at the receiver spot. And they have Mike Isecki at tight end who can fucking ca- catch yeah, it all right. Yeah, it doesn't suck. So, yeah, I mean, there's way more targets, way more receiving yards. Like, what what is the spread on that, uh, Bowser? It's, dude, it's a straight who has more receiving yards minus 110. Either oh, way. holy shit. That's crazy because, <laughs> yeah. uh, all right, I'm driving out to Vegas, Bowser. We'll see you in a couple hours. Dude, because, like, I mean, that should be like minus 160. Yeah. Devontae Smith. Because, just because I'm like, hey, this is not me ball washing Sean saying an eagle is going to be great. This is a target thing. They drafted him to be the number one guy. At worst, he gets number two targets still. Yeah. The, no, I, I think I, the best situation for Waddle is he's a number three guy, if not the number four. Now, yeah, you might get screwed by injury or, or whatever other Obviously. circumstances. Yeah, but that's but, every fucking bet you make. Yeah. Uh, 
everything aside, this is a, a lock of all locks. Yeah, just, just from a sheer who's going to get the volume in the offense play. It just yep. seems too easy. And when I saw it at minus 110 both ways, I was like, because when I saw those like Waddle versus Smith, I was like, oh, dude, Smith's for sure going to get that. I'm all, what are they going to yeah. juice me at on this one? Because I was thinking, yeah. I'm all, I'm going to get hit like at minus 160, minus 170, something like that. And when even I money. Wow. even straight money, bro. Yeah. Like, like, and that, I mean, that just stood out to me. So if you can find, if you can find that number, let's see. Okay. I got to go back and log in right now. Cause let's see what it's at right now. <laughs> Cause it has, there's no way it's still right. I mean, it, am I like the ultimate sharp on this? I, you know, kind of, <laughs> no, it, I, I'm with you, dude. That's, it's crazy. Dude. It's still there. Minus one ten. All right, Venmo me. I'll fucking go. I'll go buy. I'll, I'll go down this. It's. <laughs> we'll get that taken care of off air. <laughs> All, right. All right, um, dude. Yeah, this is. So yeah, I got the Eagles. Uh, I don't see any of the teams from this division doing much in the playoffs. Unfortunately, Sean. Uh, right. We'll like, be happy to make it. Yeah, but I I do see a play. I do see a Nick Sirianni uh, playoff appearance this year. I do. I, I just looking at these other teams. I'm not buying into the hype on any of them. And with the Cowboys with their injuries, defensive woes, offensive line issues. That's the thing. Is even if Dak does get healthy, their line's not that good. Like it could he could last two games and then get hurt again. Like Yeah, yeah I mean, he's coming back from that ankle and then you throw the shoulder thing in. It's going to be tough. Uh, you know, worse luck for the Cowboys. Yeah, they suck. They uh if Neil O'Donnell didn't throw three passes straight to Larry Brown, uh, Steelers would have one other Super Bowl win in my life, and so uh, <laughs> fuck the Cowboys for life just for that one. Uh, Sean, uh, where can people find you? Uh, I obviously sports gambling podcast, but what yep. you, guys, you guys have an app out now. You want to tell people? Yeah, check out uh, the SGPN app. Put it in uh, Apple, Google Play, and get all the uh, picks, podcasts, articles, and then we got some uh, sweet contests coming up for the NFL season. Want to uh, stay tuned and uh, download that now. Sweet. Uh, anything else you want to promote? Uh, yeah, that's it. Or actually, yeah, check out my comedy album on uh, Spotify. This loss hurts us all. It's oh, dude, like- I forgot to tell you, dude. Like, so I have my Bluetooth set up in my car, and uh, usually I'm listening to podcasts or like like or whatever, like Spotify music or whatever. Yeah. But like when I don't have something pre-selected, it'll automatically default to the albums I've bought on iTunes, and one of them <laughs> is "This Loss Hurts Us All." Awesome. And so almost every morning when I get in my car and go to work, the first thing I hear, and it's always the same track, it's the uh, the one about you going on that Spike TV fucking show. The Yeah, America's Biggest Asshole. Yes, <laughs> that one. <laughs> I couldn't remember if it was World's Biggest Asshole or America's Biggest Asshole. <laughs> yeah. You got to get the alliteration of America's <laughs> Biggest Asshole. So, dude, like... I like it's so funny how like and like the other day me and Jen had to go run some area or no because the other day uh because she got hired at the stratosphere and uh I was giving her a ride to go to her work thing and straight up right the second we hop in Sean talking about America's biggest hassle comes on I'm like yeah this pretty much happens every morning so get used to this it's good good alarm clock for you yeah so if that's not an endorsement to get this album where I listen to the same bit every morning I don't know what is 
Ah, sweet. Well, thanks, man. Appreciate it. Dude, thank you, buddy. And uh, yeah, everybody check that out. Make sure you use our MyBookie promo code LSH and use our link. That's our pinned tweet on Twitter, at LuxOpsPod. Also, Instagram, at LuxOpsPod. Make sure you follow us at both those places. And check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash LuxOpsPod. Me and my brother are doing an early morning best ball draft tomorrow to see if we can catch people that are hungover and put it on auto draft. <laughs> <laughs> so that's going to be a lot of fun. Uh uh, but that's going to be an exclusive on the Patreon. Me and my brother are doing that best ball, and also I this these football previews are just kind of a prelude. We're on the Patreon. I'm going to be doing a Friday night light series where every Friday night I'm going to be giving out all the everything I'm gambling on for the weekend. I don't know if okay. these are good picks, but it's what I'm actually betting. So <laughs> love it. All right, so thank you so much, everybody, and I'll see you on the next. Uh, next one's going to be Justin Decker with the AFC West. So guys, this content train is going to keep rolling this month. Thank you so much. Bye bye.